friend. Welcome to Plays Well with Others, a podcast for creative community to discuss everything from the sensitive to the silly, but most importantly, to explore play. Come play with us. I'm your podcast host and wiggly dancer, lover of ducks and hats, Alex B. Arnapol. Let's dive in, shall we? on this fine day. I absolutely cannot believe that it is almost mid-December right now that we are approaching the holidays. And honestly, I have been swept away in the capitalist hubbub of everything going on lately. I hate to admit that, that I feel like suddenly, even though I pride myself as running an anti-capitalist business based on trust and play that I still wind up feeding right back into those same systems. But honestly, I think it's a lifetime journey of figuring out how do I continue to come back home to myself, to continue to build systems based on trust and play how to build them for my own life, and how to build them for my community. It isn't a one-time thing where I create a structure, whether it's within my day-to-day or within rec center or within coaching, and then suddenly it's sound and solid. It's like a house. You have to put work into it. If you build a house in the 1950s by 2020, it's going to need a bit of work. The same thing goes for our own lives, our own systems. So I'm going to continue putting the work in to make sure that everything we do and that I do is a soft and gentle act of resistance. And how we approach this time of year can be a soft and gentle act of resistance as well. When we say resistance, it often sounds like we're pushing against something. But what if it was more of an allowing, of letting ourselves work in a way that is outside of the system instead of pushing against it? So I suppose this is an invitation for myself and for everyone. Honestly, that is one of the reasons we developed this new membership at Rec Center. It's a place to be intentional about stepping outside of the confines. It's a place to be intentional and say, I choose my own adventure. Maybe there are boxes or restrictions or categories all around me, but I know that I was made for something different, a different path, a different life, something softer, more creative, squishier, weirder. That's what our membership truly is. It's for people that know that you were made to exist outside of the lines. Before we dive too deep into today's topic, I do just want to put a plug out there because I believe in it. I think sales and marketing can feel really icky, but it's different when it's something that feels so aligned with and part of who you are. I believe in this membership because I believe in myself and I believe in my community. 
This membership is so much more than just classes and coaching. It's about what does it mean when we start to exist outside of those boundaries, when we start to create new systems, new ways of thinking about ourselves, our creativity, the world, when things start to become kinder, softer. How can your life be more authentic and actually true to your values, your ethics? So we hope that you join us. This membership is going to be absolutely amazing. We have 12 incredible masterclass facilitators, including Adrian Marie Brown, Meg Lewis, Yumi Sakigawa, Sam Reese of Shitty Craft Club, and many, many more. Check it out on our website and in our show notes below. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started today. One of the offerings at Rec Center is a six-month course in which we work in developing an offering that serves both self and others. I am so honored that I get to teach this course because it really teaches me so much about what it means to go on a journey, what it means to take something, a tiny seed, and watch it grow, water it, nourish it, and tend to it. It can be really challenging to take something that is so close to your heart and put it out there in the outside world. I mean, how scary, how vulnerable is that? Taking something that means so much to you and giving it to others. And as you can imagine, with any project that you are sharing with the world, a lot of things come up. And one of the things that I've been noticing has been coming up in this workshop, and it's really honestly not just this workshop, but any workshop in which a commitment has to be made, that there becomes this moment of fear right when you get to the peak, right when you get to the precipice and you're looking out over this massive landscape in which your offering or creation can live, suddenly you feel yourself pull inward and think, maybe I can't do this. Maybe I don't want to commit to this journey. This is an inevitable problem that almost all of us go through. Whether it's a project we're working on, whether it's committing to a relationship, whether it's even just committing to our own well-being, the committing to something that looks long-term, expansive, large in any way feels like a lot. But what would happen if we shifted our perspective, our view on this, from this big, massive commitment? What if it felt a little bit more, dare I say, playful? So remember when you were a kid and you used to play dress up? Or maybe it's something you still do now, wearing a costume. Maybe back in the day when we'd go out to the bars, or if that was a thing, if you you bar hopped, as you will, there is the moment before of getting ready and playing dress up. When I was a little kid, there was the early iteration of the Chicago Children's Museum. I still have dreams about that place to this day, because in my mind, it was such a magical land of discovery. I was obsessed with it. And one of the sections had this little makeshift stage, and a box of costumes. And this box had all kinds of costumes from 
careers you might see out in the world, like a firefighter or a doctor. There were also costumes like knights in shining armor or animals. Really, you name it, they've got it. It is worth mentioning that now in retrospect, especially during a national pandemic, it's pretty gross to have a box of clothing that anyone can try on. I mean, were they washed? How often were they sanitized? Even the idea of a children's museum, I'm like, that sounds sticky. That sounds sticky and germy. It's really funny how much a global pandemic can change your perspective on something really and truly magical. But letting that go, letting that idea fly away, coming back to the magic that I remember of that magical box of costumes and what it meant to make a choice, even just for that moment. For that moment, you were allowed to choose something different, a different identity, a different way of being, a different way of navigating the world. And the thing is, no one expected you to stick with that costume forever. For the rest of the day, the next time you returned to the museum, you got to make a different choice. So what would it mean in our life to make choices that felt more like dressing up? Like choosing something just for this moment and knowing that that garment that you've pulled can be put away and exchanged for something different, something that fits better, something that feels better. But still making a commitment in that moment to try something on. What I think is interesting is when we look at the idea of making a commitment and being commitment phobic often leads to inaction. It leads to being stagnant. Now, rest is important, but stagnancy implies a decay, a loss of something. What does it mean to take inaction and things begin to atrophy? Not making a choice or not making a commitment is a choice and a commitment. What you're committing to is the lack of or the absence of. So knowing that you want to get somewhere or are desiring something, asking yourself, does inaction take me any closer to that feeling? Committing to nothing means committing to nothing. And nothing arises from nothing. Now, that's not to say that you can't commit to exploration or experiment in which multiple options are a possibility. That is still a commitment. You are trying on the garment of experiments, of exploration, of play. There is nothing wrong with that. And I think this is where the crux of it is. Why we're afraid. Why commitment can feel so scary. Commitment can feel permanent. And if we make the wrong decision, or what we interpret as the wrong decision, we're stuck with it forever. And forever is a really long time. But here is where I would like to challenge that idea and why play can be so helpful in an instance when you are feeling stuck, when you are feeling like a decision is going to trap you or that you can't quite make it over that mountain. Nothing we choose is forever. Everything has a sunrise and a sunset. It has beginnings and endings and transitions. And the cool thing is, is that an ending 
is really just the beginning of something else. Think back to when you were a kid. When you played a game, I bet you took it pretty seriously. You really believed that you were the firefighter or the dog or little orphan Annie or whatever the game was that you were playing. The reality of that imagined future was very tangible. But you always knew you had the choice of changing if you wanted to. Many, and I won't say all, because we all come from different backgrounds, of course, but many children feel as if they have the freedom to change. They have the freedom to make choices. They have the freedom to be one thing one day and another thing the next. And there aren't consequences to beginnings and endings, but rather it's fluid and it transitions based on the needs and the wants of the moment. When we were kids, we gave ourselves the permission to try an identity on, an idea on, a role on. And this is because biologically, not just human beings, but all animals play to learn. They use play as a way of trying on concepts and ideas so that when the time comes, they have an idea of what that activity might be like. We play to experiment, to see what it might be like if I had to actually fight the predator, to see what it would be like if I actually found a fish or whatever it is that your ancestors or prehistoric beings were doing at the time. But as I've mentioned previously, human beings are kind of special in that we never stop playing and play never stops benefiting our brains and our bodies. And like I've mentioned, play is a way to actually fight diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's to create those neuropathways and prevent atrophy. So if we know that biologically play is a way for us to experiment and try ideas on, and we know that adults never stop playing, what is preventing us from experiencing our life through the lens of play and through the lens of trying something on? Just for now, just for this moment, it doesn't need to be forever because nothing we do is forever. It is continuously evolving. Think back to all of the times that you thought you were making a very permanent decision. Did it stay permanent? I bet it probably changed. Sure, we make some decisions in our life that do impact the entire scope of it, like having children. But often, the decisions we make transform into something else. Personally, I think back to all of the times in which I was making a decision about my career that I thought was going to be the next big thing, the final thing, the final step. I have held so many different jobs and careers that I feel like I have lived 20 different lifetimes. When I made the decision to go to art school, I truly thought that I was going there to either become a cinematographer, which now in retrospect feels hilarious because I would never want that job, or 
a full-time visual artist. What fascinates me is that the careers that followed art school were ones that I had never even heard of, let alone could have imagined studying for or preparing for during my collegiate years. Yet, I made the commitment to that cinematographer decision with the assumption that that would be my next full-time thing, my full-time endeavor. Little did I know I would fall in love with sculpture and become an installation artist and work for companies like Urban Outfitters and Anthropology. What I didn't know about that commitment, which I also saw as a full-time, lifetime commitment, is that I would fall in love with working with my interns, with education, which would lead me into a position of education management eventually, and so on and so forth, down the line from jewelry artist to floral designer to counselor, stripper, you name it, I have done it, and eventually I realized that the path I was creating was not a straight line, but one that was more spiralic, that turned into itself and curved and changed and transformed and every ending that I saw was actually the beginning of something else. When we make a commitment, we're just committing to one thing right now. With both the knowledge and the hope that this could be the one, this could be the thing, and holding simultaneously, because we are multitudinous individuals that hold many, many things, holding alongside the idea that this is the one, is the concept that this will eventually have an ending. And that ending will be the transformation that brings me towards whatever lies on the other side of the bridge. Would you like to do an activity together? Who doesn't love a writing prompt? I mean, I'm a bit of a Hermione Granger in that I take any homework and assignments with glee and absolute enthusiasm. You can do this with pen and paper, digitally, or even just in that big, beautiful brain box of yours. It doesn't matter. The point is that you begin to think about these connections. Ready to begin? Great. Together, we are going to be drawing an imaginary future map. So, think about one concept that you are struggling to commit to. What would it mean if you committed to that? Write that down now. And at any point in time, if you want to just pause the podcast and come back, you got it. I'll be here waiting for you. Now, write down three possible outcomes that can occur from that commitment. Got your three? Great. Now, with each of those three possible outcomes, imagine three new outcomes that can come from each of those. Your map is going to start to look a little bit like a tree or a root system, beginning from one and branching out. Let's do that one more time. You should now have nine possible outcomes. What are three for each of those nine? Here's an example. Let's say I decide to commit to 
becoming a floral designer. If I commit to that, I imagine that maybe I could become famous on Instagram. I imagine that I might buy a floral farm and have a working farm and floral shop. And I imagine that I'll meet my new best friend through the floral shop. Now, let's think of three additional outcomes that come from those decisions. I'm only going to do two here because, hey, this could take forever. If I buy a floral farm, maybe I fall more in love with the farming than I do the floral arranging, and I start to sell fresh veggies at the farmer's market. Or perhaps because I've met my best friend at the floral shop, she introduces me to clay. And I've never thrown on the wheel before. And hey, what an exciting new art form that I begin to delve into. Do you see where I'm going with this? Each decision you make leads to another decision. It isn't the only decision. You are simply trying something on for this moment right now. And this moment will change and evolve. Just as you change and evolve. Everything we do or see or experience changes and evolves. And even the big decisions, the ones that maybe are for a lifetime, say, committing to a monogamous marriage for life, that has seasons within it, beginnings and endings, relationships that are microcosms within that longer commitment, that nothing stays the same. You're not committing to something that might be the wrong choice, because you'll always have the opportunity to transform whatever it is that you're experiencing or have. And just like a garment that maybe fit a year ago, but you've grown and you've changed, and maybe your style or your taste has evolved and changed, that garment doesn't fit anymore. And it's okay to let it go. I love how many people have really latched onto the idea of the Kandomari system, of looking at what is currently bringing us joy or serving us, and letting go of the objects that don't, of knowing that we can transform and evolve and change and don't have to hold on to every single decision or purchase that we've made. How can we bring a similar mindset to what we're doing in life? the decisions we make in life. And to be clear, I am not insinuating that any commitment or decision you've made, especially to a community or to a person, is one that you can just walk away from without ramifications or consequences. Of course, there may be consequences, as there is in any transition or evolution. Things change. But what I'm saying instead is that when you're approached with the fear of commitment and when you're faced with that vertiginous feeling, when you're at the precipice of making that commitment, of moving forward, of taking that leap, that this is just one hill, one mountain, one choice you're making. It will evolve, dear one. And truly, 
the only commitment you need to make today, tomorrow, or the next day is coming back to yourself and committing to your own heart, to your own body, to be present with it. Play is the merging of presence and pleasure. So how can you come back to this present moment, to your present self, and commit to yourself? How can a decision be one that's more playful, of trying on, of experimenting, of exploring, of playing dress up? How can every moment in our lives be a little bit more like a game of dress up? So just try it on. See how it fits. How does it feel on your body? How does it feel to your heart? Try something on today, something new. See if it still fits tomorrow. And if not, reach into that big bag of costumes. See if there's something else that fits better, that maybe you want to wear longer. And if not, knowing that you always have the power of choice. And that with each commitment, each decision, we are journeying a little bit closer to our own authenticity, to our own self, and coming home to our own heart. That's our episode for today, friends. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're excited by what you hear in the podcast or what you're seeing on the website, I encourage you to join our membership or at least give it a try. See if it fits and see if we can help you find another fit that works for you in your body. This has been Plays Well with Others, and I'm your host, Alex Brennan Arnapol. Until next time, be present, feel good, and play every day. Today's show has been brought to you with the support of Softer Sounds Studio. Plays Well with Others is a product of Rec Center the radically inclusive center for creative play.